Kentucky in two lengths to Happy Trails. Less than a thousand metres to go, and Zara has the French Galloper Vatamos, a five length leader from Blackheart Bart, two lengths to Hartnell. Winks has moved up now, and the two great champions are together at the 800 metres turn. Followed by Awesome Rock and then Yankee Rose and Happy Clapper pull to the outside. Pressure on now and Vatamos has come back to them. And striding up now on the outside, Blackheart Bart. But the two champs go together at the 600 metres. Hartnell's hit the front, Winks is going with him and they've turned it on. The great race is on here. It's Hartnell the leader. Winks striding up to join him from Blackheart Bart, Awesome Rock. The rest headed by Venomos and Yankee Rose. But Winks has raced away around the home turn. She's put two, three links on Hartnell. Awesome Rock, Venomos battling away and then came Yankee Rose. But it's all Winks in the straight. Four, five links in front of Hartnell. A good battle going on for the Miners. But this is a blitz. It's a Winks blitz. Two in a row. And she joins the all-time great of the turn. Winks has won it by six links to Hartnell. Yankee Rose third. Venomos ran fourth. They're followed by Happy Awesome Alright, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. That's my favourite uh, Cox Plate win, to be honest. That's uh, I plot I play on with that. There are some cracking Cox Plate victories over the time, likes of Sunline in 2000 and a bunch of other winxes from my time. I think Kingston Town, I think my dad used to show me in the 80s, was a cracker, Northerly. It is an absolute amazing race. I know we're big Sydney guys and we, we promote Sydney racing all the time, but when it comes to Cox Plates and this sort of thing, we need to be focusing pretty hard on it. It is an absolute cracking addition of the Cox Plate this year. I mean, some people are absolutely declaring Romantic Warrior and think it's an absolute moral. Others are saying it's one of the most biggest false favourites there is. Um... You know, you're getting it as low as $3.80 at the moment for Romantic Warrior, Alligator Bloods there. We've got Mr. Brightside, Gold Trip, Fangirl. People are liking Militarizers there. Zach Lloyd's got the ride. Zaki's at big odds with Damian Lane. we got Victoria Road. It is a big, big race. The Manicato is also there. Imperatries, well, best of luck. You're going to be getting absolutely very, very short odds for Imperatries. Um $1.45. It is on a Saturday this time, as opposed to what it used to be on the on the Friday night. Uh, but it has been... There is a lot. There's Spring Champion down in Sydney, up in Sydney. So we need to focus on that as well. Um, and then, obviously, we, we'll probably touch on with the boys the fallout of the Caulfield Cup with, without a fight winning, beating West Wind Blows and the yarns about the whip rule and all that sort of gear as well. But big, big uh, weekend coming up in Melbourne and in Sydney, and I'm going to bring in the boys. We're going to be focusing uh, predominantly on the big races, and then we'll find anything else that they like elsewhere. But uh, I bring in the boys. Tommy, how are you? Yeah, good point, Zach. Uh, great weekend. Um, yeah, coming up Cox Plate, uh, the spring champion, and just really leading up to those big four days in Melbourne coming up. So it's... Um, yeah, right on the precipice of some really, really good racing. So, yeah, that Cox Plate field as well, it's just, um, it's great. I was going through it with Cowie earlier today, and you can make cases for half a dozen of them, really. How about you, Cowie? How'd you go last weekend? Any any winners, or are you just pumped for this week? Uh, a couple of winners, but, I mean, I think I had, uh, before we hit the record button, I think I had about four or five bets individually, and then I played both quaddies. Quaddies went down, and... Had a couple of winners in between, so just slightly up, but um, it was one of those weekends, really. Um, Rose Hill wasn't much of a meeting, but at the same time, it was a betting card, and, well, Caulfield was a red-hot meeting to bet into, and uh, luckily, uh, without a fight, saluted, so that got me probably out of the hole, to be absolutely honest, so uh, I'm excited for this weekend, and, I mean, the next, what, two weeks... Three weeks is going to be a red hot kind of. This is like spring racing yeah. at its peak, so I'm excited. It's the exciting time, and you just mentioned without a fight. We'll touch on the Caulfield Cup, and then we'll get into a pretty decent preview through the Cox Plate. But let's touch on the Caulfield Cup because I remember last week, Coe, you were giving a good push for without a fight, but then you were also iffy about this whole vet check and whether it was like partially lame or whatever. And that's always a bit of a Query right. Whenever you hear your horse has something going on, you're always a bit iffy. But without a fight, ends up winning. Beats with West Wind Blows, which ran really well. Likewise, Gold Trip, which finished in third. Uh, the whole story though was Mark Zara, who I am a big fan on. We're not putting shit on Mark Zara here. So uh, he ended up getting, copping a fine and suspension and all this sort of gear for 
or overuse of the whip. So there's a lot of opinions going back and forth about some people are calling it blatant cheating, others are calling it something else and I don't I mean I'm in a few different camps here. Like I'm not as knowledgeable on the whole whip rule. I know it I, I know that in the last 100 meters it's you can use it as much as you want and that's when that is when like the news broadcasts are showing it and that's probably looks pretty bad, but if we have a rule um I think we I, I think I wrote to you boys. I think I wrote to you Coe like the day after. I'm like if there's a big race on a Saturday and then in the next coming weeks you're going away or you're there's not much going on, you're going to cop a fine, you're going to cop a suspension to ride, give your mount the absolute very best chance in the last 200 or something or 300 metres or whatever. So what are your thoughts on the whip rule? I know I brought up the weighing in light rule just to make a case of it because I still hate that rule. But um, what did you think of it? What did you think of without a fight? It's it's such a, a grey area just to start off things. I mean, it's... I personally think, I mean, everyone has a different opinion about the whole whip rule and the persuader has changed over the course of the last, you know, 40, 40 years, more or less. And what Zara did on Saturday, so to speak, to push without a fight over the line. I mean, once again, yes, it is within the rules and the bounds of you can only strike so many times and everything else in between. But it, it's at the end of the day, imagine running a race and you, you couldn't ride the mount out like what what, what do you do like it, you're going to get penalized either way is kind of how i feel like some horses need it some horses don't and the the whip is not there to hurt it's just to and it, it's there also as a safety reason as well so whether it's to balance the horse up to straighten it up when it's hanging left or right uh you want to straighten it up and balance it up so it's their precautionary as well, and they just need to be woken up a little bit. A lot of them kind of fall asleep in mid-race, and they're just kind of doing their thing, and the jockey needs to, well, for the connections and the trainers and whatever else, just need, that's when you need to hit the go button, and sometimes they might not respond to the first one or the second one or the third one, and then before you know it, you've broken the rules. So it's such a grey line for me. It's hard to navigate, but... um. I wrote in the group chat after maybe a day or so after when we were talking about the whole whip rule and the fine that Zara got and everything else, like a classic example was about this time last year when Blake Shin got done for, I think a 20 meeting or I think it was 20 meetings or thereabouts anyway, but that was in like a, an absolute nothing race in terms of prize money. Not to say it was a maiden, but, like Caulfield Cup's worth a lot of, lot of, lot of, you know, zeros behind whatever the prize money is. Uh, Blake on that occasion got fined, I think, twelve, uh, two thousand dollars maybe thereabouts. But he struck the horse close to thirty times, 20, between twenty and thirty times over over the whole course of the race. And the funny thing is, this it wasn't the connections of the second place getter that put, lodged the protest. It was the stewards that it got involved because what happened was the horse dead heated. So it's, if you type into Google, Blake Shin, whip rule or whip ban or anything of the like, it'll be the first article you see. And Blake was riding his mount out completely to its absolute definition. And Obviously, he struck the horse too many times, and stewards have obviously cottoned on to it by watching the replays and everything else, lodged the protest. They over- overturned it because they thought it was a an unfair advantage to the second, well, to the second place getter, which, well, the equal first place getter, should I say, because it was a dead heat. I, in my opinion, I don't think stewards should get involved in something like that. Yes, I mean, the connections can lodge the protest, but the stewards getting involved just convolutes the whole matter altogether. So I don't know, like the whip rule is a frustrating one for me. And, you know, like as if you were to be an owner of a horse, do you want your mount to be ridden out fully to its full ability? Of course you do, right? Like you want to get the W, you want to get the prize money. Um, And especially if it's a group one, it's a no brainer. You want a group one jockey who's willing to give it all, and, you know, like the irony is Mark Zara is one. Nash Rewilla is notoriously another one. We've spoken to Nash before and you look at the Queen Elizabeth 
to two years back when Think It Over won. He got slapped a massive fight on that occasion as well. I think it was close to about 50 grand as well because he, you know, he took the outside rail and he needed a little bit of riling up coming to, you know, the closing stages and connections love him for it. Uh, but the stewards, because of these, I'm not going to say it's archaic. He got 30, 30 grand in two weeks, Nash. Yeah, it's not an archaic rule, but I think the rule needs to be revisited because it's not about animal welfare anymore with the the whip as far as I'm concerned because the whip is not there to hurt the horse. It's there to, like, for more accounts, I've... Like I've never, I've never been hit by a horse whip, <laughs> right? So I, whip. so I can't, yeah. So I can't physically tell you what it feels like. But from my understanding, in terms of ticking the box of welfare, it doesn't harm the horse. Either way, if Zara didn't get the the fine or the suspension with this. If he didn't ride the mount out, he's going to get questioned and probably suspended anyway. So, of course, you're going to try and win anyway. So, it, it's so confusing. Like, I can run this conversation over 20 times and I'll probably have a different answer and a different response. But I think they just need to revisit and reconfigure the whole rule in itself. All right. Well, let's hear from Tom. You've, you've been in the industry a long time, Tommy. Do you have anything to add there? Um, I think how he... Cowie brought up all good points. I mean, different looks at different times, but if you're an owner, you want your horse ridden about as much as possible and you want to win the biggest race. So, um, look, yeah, I, I just think it confuses more people than um, it helps anyway. So I, I'm i not a big fan of talking about it. It, it. Honestly, it just bores me because, yeah, there's yeah, just so too. many interpretations and they're talking about people not being able to, um, young jockeys not even carrying one and that. I think that's dangerous. I think they need to. And just listen to professionals in this case and all the jockeys say that they don't harm a horse and they definitely need it in case something does go wrong. So, um, yeah, just in support of the jocks there. So, uh, yeah, there's there's got to be a happy middle ground that we can come up with. But, yeah, again, if you're if you're trying to win a Cox Plate, you're trying to win a Melbourne Cup and Everest, whatever it is, um, you got to do whatever you can to win. So I got no dramas with it. Yeah. All right. Well, I agree. I agree. And like Karen's the other, you know, like he did the exact same thing with rekindling couple. Was it rekindling? No, it might've been something else. Um, the thing that ran second behind a couple of years ago, he got slapped about 50,000 as well because of over, over, yeah, it was 50 and, grand. And you just go, like, it's the Melbourne Cup. It's like on an international horse as well. Tiger Moth. Tiger Moth, that's who it was. And, you know, like, I don't know if the, once again, the I I think the whip rule in itself doesn't carry over jurisdictions. I think the Europeans would definitely have a different view and a say and a rule altogether. So if I was the owners of Tiger Moth, I'd be like, why is Karen not whipping? the horse like why isn't he getting it going earlier this is why and if we want to promote internationals coming to australia it's one thing that probably kind of flies under the radar a little bit and i mean in terms of betting it it could be detrimental to a certain degree so yeah like tommy said i could talk about it 10 different ways but it bores me to tears to a certain degree because the argument goes nowhere yeah so yeah, like that's how I, I feel about it. All right. Well, let's head to this weekend. Hopefully, no jocks getting suspended. Um, Cox Plate, we're going to give it an in depth preview. Then we'll have a look at the others in Melbourne and then we'll head to the Spring Champion, etc., in Sydney. So, the Cox Plate, 2040 metres of the best. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Romantic Warrior, we're going in race book order. J Mac is aboard. You're getting $3.80 now. So, went out to as much as $4.20 today. It's into $3.80. Uh, gate seven, it did have a run uh, recently in the Turnbull. It was a couple of weeks ago where it came fourth when Gold Trip just actually blew everyone away. I think West Wind Blows ran a second or third there as well. But uh, look, Romantic Warrior, um, Tommy, let's go to you first for this one. Uh, 2,040 metres, what do you reckon? 
Mate, I won't say too much because I think Curry does know a bit more um, about its prep and what they said about it through the week. But just McDonald um, talking about this horse still is in the back of my mind and how how much he likes it. So been a bit of support. I think there'll be a lot more support on the day as well. So I think he's going to be a tough one to beat, especially if he shows up. I think if Melbourne get a bit of this weather too, it probably probably doesn't hurt. But yeah, um, you you got to think he's a huge chance. Go on, Coey. Thoughts? Um, so it's it's such a mixed, divided thought for me because um, they had the breakfast with the stars, I think, two days ago at Mooney Valley where, you know, you, they showcase the horse. Everyone gets to see the track gallops of each of these runners and so forth. And uh, Romantic Warrior posted some absolute, you know, great times. Like, we're talking... It it wasn't really <laughs> a track gallop by any stretch. It was race times, essentially, what it measured up to anyway. So they reckon the horse looked fantastic. It could easily win on Saturday. But that's the reports from those who were on the ground on the Wednesday or the Tuesday. But David, uh, the trainer himself, Danny, uh, Danny Shum, has come out and said that the – it's had a bit of a rush preparation. Um, so going into quarantine at Werribee, it was a little bit unsettled and a bit rushed and it didn't get the, not necessarily a, a barrier trial, but didn't get, it missed out on like a little bit of a jump out and this and the other to probably pe- you know, be rock hard for the Turnbull. And he reckons that his horse is slightly behind on schedule. Saying that, um, all reports are glowing. So it, it's it's so hard to measure that, and the fact that money is coming for it, it's just like, well, is it is it that good? We don't know because it it looked like a run short in the Turnbull because we thought it, was, it had every every right to win in that Turnbull because it got the position, peeled out at the turn, had clear clear air, gallop on. And it looked like for probably a stride or two that he was just going to go on with business and just be like, hey, hey, guys, I'm in Australia now. I'm going to take this group on. But then his wheels kind of almost started spinning a little bit. And it was still incredible that he hung on on for fourth, despite, you know, three or four lengths behind Gold Trip in the end. But I definitely have question marks in regards to the trainer Danny Shum's comments being half a run short, I guess, more or less. Because, I mean, this is the grand final, so to speak. This is the one of the most touted races in Australian racing. And you don't want to take your horse 90%, 95%. You want it 100%. So the fact that it's, you know, 380 thereabouts right now is a little bit under the odds. I, I kind of do swing that way, and I think it is a little bit short. All right, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, stuck up. So it is the favourite 380. We go to Zaki. It's coming out of gate 12. Damien is aboard for Annabelle. It's 18 bucks. was 15, so it's drifted just a touch. Uh, had a run about six weeks ago in the seven stakes where I think it over one. Hasn't won since um, towards the beginning of the year, I guess, in the Hollandale. Big odds for Zaki. Um, Tommy, are you giving it a chance? Mate, I definitely think it's over the odds. Like, it's, people say he's not back. He's not the same as he used to be. He's finished second and third in his two runs. It's prep, and they haven't been they haven't been that bad either. It's just been a ripping fan curl, and then think it over. Just got the better of him too. So, I, look, eighteen dollars. I mean, he was all the rage. Was it this time last year or two years ago when he was scratched in the morning, and people said he couldn't be beat. So. I think if the real Zaki shows up and Annabelle will really be targeting this race, I think he's a massive chance. Gate gate 12 um, is probably not too much of a worry. You think he won't lead the blood, but he's sort of just sitting sitting behind Alligator. And, um, yeah, be, being that far forward without the pressure of going too hard up front, I think it might suit him. So uh, over the odds, definitely a chance. In your numbers, Coey? Uh, yeah, definitely kind of towards the tail end. I think it's definitely minor money, but I agree with Tommy solely because I think he is just kind of, I know he's not unspoken. I think everyone's dismissing him for unknown reasons. I know, I know that he due to run in obviously the King Charles 
but scratched the morning off because of a I think it was a little bit of an elevated temperature or it was a really, really minor case. It could have run, but the camp decided not to. And that shows enough intent how much this race means to them. So I suspect the camp's got him 100% now. It, obviously, slightly a, a half a run short thereabouts. I'm surprised the camp didn't trial him. But saying that, I, I think he's still a top-class Group 1 horse, wait for ages as well. So definitely have to consider in the numbers. Yep, it's going to be a smoky, I think. We go to Mr. Brightside, drawn uh, barrier two. So on the inside, Willow aboard. $7 was eight fifty into six fifty, about 7 now. Uh, look, coming off a bunch of wins, right? So it won a bunch in a row. Won the Donny and it won, what did it do? All-Star Mile, Donny, PB Lawrence, Memzy, Maccabi Diva, and then ran second in the King Charles to Fangirl, which was absolutely enormous. Last year's Cox was pretty heavy going. I think it came about 7th or 8th, but... Uh, $7, we can never write off Mr. Brightside, Tommy. Drawn inside, Willow aboard. Step back up and win. What do you think? Well, mate, if he doesn't have that start last um, last race, and he did come second into it, I think Fangirl um, had a better run. But um, if he doesn't have that run, he's probably equal favourite, you know? Like, he's he's probably way up there. Yeah, he's never been 2,000, but... He's um his form's been good and he's met Alligator a bunch of times and I he's gotten the best of him um pretty much every time you think he's one of the better milers but this is two thousand but I don't think I don't think it's that big a worry honestly um it seems to go okay the valley um mate I, I think seven bucks is a good price for him um yeah I don't I don't mind Mr Brightside at all Coey seven bucks for Mr Brightside you like it. It's, it's a good price. It is a juicy price. And I, I genuinely think that he will get probably close to the run of the race. Barrier two, he can just stalk alligator blood everywhere it goes. Zaki crosses. It'll get perfect cover. I think in terms of positionally in the run, it it should get the run of the race. It should. Um, his record on at the Valley is great. I think, I guess, the, the real query for everyone is the 2,000 metres, but... Like you already said, Zach, um, he was on a heavy-ish track at the Valley, Cox Plate, last year. Conditions didn't suit. This time around, he gets a different. He gets a better barrier, gets a proper set of leaders that he can follow, truck into the race. It's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to get the run of the race. It has to be in your numbers. Have to agree. Have to agree. We go to Alligator Blood. This is probably what I'm going to have on top, I think. But 550, Timmy Clark, Barrier 5, coming off back-to-back wins, Underwood and the Caulfield Stakes. Before that, was only second in the Maccabi Diva to Mr. Brightside as well. So uh, last year's one came fifth. Um, also, got to remember the heavy going there. But look, I don't know, Timmy Clark, Waterhouse Bot, going to be up the front. It's going to make his own luck. What do you reckon, Tommy? Look, I, I, I never thought he was... Really, two thousand metre horse, but the last two runs, you got to say eighteen hundred and two thousand. He's done really well. Look, I don't know if he beat a lot in those field, like definitely not a Cox Plate field, but he's put him away pretty easily. So, I think in terms of timing, there hasn't been a better time for him to be in a Cox Plate for sure. Leading all the way to Cox Plate's another story too. Uh, nice fair track. Look, it's it's very intriguing. I I I never think Inky's gonna have a better opportunity than he is on Saturday. I know you say you didn't hit him beat much. I was just looking then. Vow Declare, which was flying home for a second, is running in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup on Friday. Could be good going. He's a he's a war horse. But um Coey, alligator blood. Numbers. It's a tricky one. Um I'm umming and ahhing whether I stick him towards the tail end of it or not. I think he will dictate. I have no doubt he will dictate. Uh, barrier 4, TC on board. Uh, barrier 5, sorry. TC on board. Like, in terms of the map, he couldn't have it any peachier, to be honest. Like, he will just do what he does. It's a classic Waterhouse bot type. Is I didn't think he would ever be a 2,000-metre horse. I have to agree with Tommy. I never thought so. I thought he was, you know, mile at most, maybe 18. Eight, we saw him win an 1,800 last preparation this time. Oh, sorry two preparations back this time last year. And 
I thought that was his limit, but this prep he's come and actually showed us what he can actually do. And no one has a better clock in their head than TC. Like he can absolutely count the seconds to the millisecond in his brain. And if he can get an absolute picnic up front, I can definitely see him figuring. But as for that, I think there might be a little bit more pressure mid-race. I'm not sure. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but he will hold the rail and he will be the front runner. Probably 300 out, 200 out. Yeah, I think it will dictate, but it won't have it as easy as he thinks, I don't think. But uh, we go to Gold Trip, who has been absolutely enormous, right? So Gold Trip uh, had the crack and win. Uh, how long ago was it? The 7th of October in the Turnbull. That was enormous, right? And then was a crack and win. Oh, not win. Crack and ride. Last start in the Caulfield Cup last week. Now... We're getting $8 for Gold Trip. It's coming out of Barrier 8. Zara is there. I was going to put one to you or Coey. A little question for you. So only three horses have ever won the Melbourne Cup and then gone on to win the Cox the following year. They're pretty big names. Tommy, can you uh, guess any of them? Three of them. Maccabi Diva. Yep. Might and Power. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Old school. Bone Crusher. Nah. No, he didn't win a he didn't win a Melbourne Cup. Yeah, uh, who else? Old. old school. How old are we talking? Old. Famous. <laughs> <Hi>. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that's elite company that he could be joining if he if he comes in and wins this, joining the likes of Farlap, Might and Power and Maccabi Diva. So look, he's been enormous. Um you're getting eight, nine bucks for him. What do you think? It's funny, do um it? it's funny, he's uh he's Replay two starts ago literally just came up on my TV as we were speaking now, so I don't know if that's a sign or not. Goes on top. He, he, <laughs> he, he, he forget how, you forget how good it is. I mean, um, yeah, that that was pretty impressive. Look, is this his grand final? Um, he's he's done a lot of hard work in that Caulfield Cup, and he he's still got a Melbourne Cup to try and win again. Look. It, it wouldn't shock you at all. I just I just prefer others. I'm kind of a little bit ditto. I think, not to say that, I guess it was a bit of a gut buster, that Caulfield Cup. Um, I think it had every chance to, it got in a little bit of a bullocking match with uh, without a fight coming from wide as well. And he was a little bit off for a stride or two and that probably ultimately saw him not tail off, but he finished third. I mean, that's still a great effort. I just think that this could be the ultimate tune-up run going towards the Melbourne Cup. And if that were to be the case, I oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And he is a war horse, but not in my numbers. All right. We go to my Oberon. An interesting runner, I guess. $41, Jay Mott aboard, Barrier 4, Annabelle. Um Hasn't had a win in Australia since its first up run uh, when it just came here. That was this time last year, 22nd of October in the Crystal Mile, Group 2. Since then, I go more recently, it's had a couple of runs in um, the big races. Uh, Look, wasn't a bad run, I thought, in the King Charles. Came third to Fangirl and Mr. Brightside. Um, It's very big odds, though. Um, What do you think, Tommy? Yeah, look, um, it's been in and around the place in some big races, and I do think there is a race um, for my O'Brien to win, but I don't think it'll be this one. Coey, agree? Uh, Ditto. I thought that, personally, when I saw him in the nominations, I thought he'd be heading more towards the champion mile at Flemington on the last day of the carnival. Didn't think he'd actually turn up at the uh, Cox Blade over 2,000 metres, and you know what? The champion mile might have suited him. I'm well, I think it suits him better than going around at the Valley over 2,000. So as for this race, if it, if there was an absolute downpour, he could figure in their minors. But on a dry surface, quick going, high pressure, not for me. Could be similar story for Pinstriped. Pinstriped is coming out of Gate 11, Benny Allen, at 61 bucks. Uh, look, it's... Uh, did ordinary, I guess, in the two-rack where Attrition won. It won the Fian uh, back in September. Second in the P.B. Lawrence to Mr. Brightside, I guess. But, uh, Tommy, same opinion, do you think, to Myobron? Yeah, look, you'd think so. In saying that, it's never really been to 2,000. It's undefeated at the Valley. Yeah, some some really good runs. And, you, yeah, I think it deserves its place here. But I just think, yeah, they're, they're better horses. Leave it out, Coey. Leave it out. I think uh, Barry 11, 
it's tricky where this horse maps just to start with. And if it's, no, oh, I mean, depending how the track plays, I think it's just unsuitable. Uh, way, I mean, the $61 is justified. All right. Next one is popular with some people. So, fangirl, Zach Purton is riding where Nash was going to be. Barrier 9, uh, you're getting 850 now. So, we've been talking about a couple of fangirls' runs recently. Uh, obviously, won the King Charles and then back in August won the Wink Stakes, the Group 1 breeding Princess Grace and Zaki. Uh, it's going to be interesting uh, running in Melbourne and Mooney Valley and whatnot. But um, I don't know, Tommy, what do you reckon? Can it handle Melbourne? Oh, you'd think she'd handle anything at the moment. She's just been killing it. Um, what a win. What a win that King Charles was. Um, you lose James McDonald and you get this young kid named Zach Purton aboard. So, um, yeah, just I, I don't think she's ever sort of really run better. He thought Animo retiring, she was glad to sit back at him because she finished second to him. But I don't think anyone thought she'd go as well as she has this prep. Um, I think the query is after that big win first up, she didn't really back it up coming third in the next race, and then she had an enormous win and was at the grand final for uh, um, that King Charles. Is this a bit of an afterthought since she's done it, or was this the plan all along? Yeah, a bit hard to tell, but look, she's going to be there very close, I reckon. Could be back-to-back $5 million races. What do you reckon, Kelly? For the most part, I agree, Tommy, but Chris Waller is a grand final trainer, and if he's actually accepted for this race, I, you know, like she must be tip-top. I know that they've never tried her over the 2,000 metres, but, gee, like, she's absolutely airborne. Um, I wouldn't take too much away from her in that third in the seven stakes. I just think that she was just drawn 10 and just had to tail way, way back, and that was probably detrimental on her. Not an on, not completely on speed, but it was definitely near rail. You know, you want to be forward-ish, and the way where she came from, she came from the clouds to finish third on that occasion, and subsequently she went on to win the King Charles, where she was drawn better and everything else. And I guess the the big question mark is where does she settle from Barrier Nine? Um, it's probably rearward. I have to assume anyway, with a little bit of speed drawn inside of us. So, if that be the case, she's going to be maybe not last, but you know, near enough too. And if that were to be the case, I don't know if it's the Cox Plate. It's it's such a big race, and I have her in my numbers, but not winning. No. All right, we go, Jewess. Uh, barrier one, Damien Oliver riding for Ed Cummings. Not a spec. Open 26, still 26. I thought it ran pretty well, to be honest. It came from very far back to run third in the Caulfield Stakes uh, behind Alligator Blood and Val and Declare. Uh, also a third in the Underwood, but um, probably not one of mine. But, Tommy, have you given it a hope? I think on, on its day, it's going to be a hope. I just I think it's been a while since we've seen him. At his best, but fifth up, he'll be rock hard fit. Ollie goes on too. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good push um, by a Cox Plate winner and Seamus Award. Um, it, it, it would be great to see uh, Ollie in his final Cox Plate take it out. But um, I think there are better chances. You agree, Coey? Yeah, totally agree. I think been running well last two starts, uh, previous two probably – on the sharper side, it's definitely a 2,200-metre horse. Uh, I think there's too much pressure on this. I'd love to see Dolly salute, but, yeah, uh, not in my numbers. All right. Uh, a horse, to be honest, I don't know much about. Blake Shin is riding for Aiden O'Brien, Victoria Road. $7 it opened. It's out to 12 coming out of barrier six. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, it's obviously an overseas runner, has had a couple of wins, Group 1s, Group 2s and whatnot. But, Tommy, do you know much about Are you giving it a hope? It is on the drift. Some of the British media, I don't think, have given it a good rap, saying if it does come out here and win, that um, really makes our middle distance runners look like a joke. So I don't think that's a good push from them. Won some good races as a two-year-old by the looks of it. But, no, I think it's a bit unknown for me. So, no, thank you. Coey? Firm going's probably the biggest tick for it. Uh, 2,000 metres, slight query. Seems like a typical miler. Yeah, not for me. Not for you. Uh, Militarised. Zach Lloyd getting a, another ride. So, 
what are we? Barrier three, we're eight fifty. Uh, had a run at Caulfield last start, came fifth. Before that, obviously won the Group One um, with the Magic Man aboard. Uh, so Zach jumps on for this first time at the Valley. Could be a big ask, but I've seen a couple of things. A couple of people have putting it in their top three numbers. Tommy, is it in yours? Yeah, she's my on. T- uh, he's my on top. Um, actually, I really like. The setup, like that Golden Rose win was huge. I thought 1,400. I thought he had no right to win. He got way too far back last time. was still rocketing home. And Zach Lloyd, what a story it would be to win a group one, his first group one on a three-year-old in a Cox plate. I just, he's got the temperament. A lot being said about him this week too. I, I yeah, I think he's, he, for a young kid, he's got an, He's got an old head on him. His dad's taught him a lot. And um, I think Waller's been targeting this race for um, a while with his horse. So low weight, 49 and a half kilos. He won't know himself. And if he's if he's on on the day, I think he can really do a job. I'm a um, big fan of this horse. We talked about in the Everest. So the three-year-old field sort of didn't really stack up. Cylinder was okay in the Everest, but... Um, I I just think he's got a bit about him, and I think he could be one of the one really good horse. So um, the the query the query is all these big wins have come with Joe Moreira on it, and he gets a he gets a young uh, apprentice here, but it's it's a low weight. I I really like him here. Coe, is it in your top four? Hard not to like him, I reckon. Um, we've been talking speed map with you know how his race pattern is and everything else and i spoke to tommy earlier about it today i think with 49 and a half i think the connections are probably going to opt for him to settle a little bit closer it's it's probably probably silly for him to go right out the back it's probably you know barrier three so he gets an ideal ideal draw he's got the absolute rock bottom claim here i think we could see a militarized settling midfield here from that draw. The only thing is if he gets locked up on the fence, but that's just what racing is. I just such a horse with such big upside. I've got big wraps on it. And that Caulfield Guineas, you know, fifth or fourth, whatever it finished over the mile was, it was never going to win from there. It was, you know, near dead last and, the fact that it had to go travel wide, come into the race, not without a backside to follow and still close off that well. I mean, he's ready for 2,000 metres, I think. Um, yeah, Zach Lloyd, he, my God, imagine if this was his first G1, he will never forget it, put it that way. I don't think a lot of us will, will forget it. So big chance. I think he, he well, he's definitely in my numbers. Interesting. It'll be a very, very cool story if he salutes. We round out the field with King Colorado. Interesting one. Mickey D aboard Barrier 10. It is 26 bucks. Has not had a win since the JJ Adkins uh, back in June. It's coming out of a couple of Group 1 win, uh, group run runs. Uh, in the Golden Rose came 7th and then uh, two weeks ago, Caulfield Guineas came 4th. So, I don't know, Tommy. Seems like it's almost definitely not in my numbers, but is it in yours? Look, it wouldn't shock. I think um, getting to 2,000 or I even like it at 2,400 if he does decide to go to a derby uh, later. I think that's really where we're going to see the best of him. I think he's an out-and-out stayer. And um, he's, he was just getting into his work with a, a race not really run to suit, similar to Militarised last start, just sort of rocketing home um, as they were getting to a mile. But, yeah, stepping up. Wouldn't shock again, low weight, Michael D aboard, good jockey, and Kieran Moore and David Usus can um, peak a horse. But, I, yeah, I might even back him for the derby before if they do back him up in that. But um, probably not a bad place chance for mine at all. Give him a hope, Coey? I think a place hope as well. Same as Tommy. I think it's just it's ready to go 2,000 metres. I think he, yeah, I, I, I think he's... A pretty good horse without being an X factor. I think he would go really well and close in a derby uh, against his own sex and age and everything else. I think here from barrier 10, that's the real query. I think, I don't know what you do if you're connections. I think you have to almost press, press the button from the gates. I think you need to step forward from that barrier. If he's, 
where I think he's going to land, which is a rear wood of field. Um, I don't think he will come remotely close, but if the connections aside, 49 and a half kilos, we need to be positive. We might see him place. Not in my numbers, but yeah, he, he could be something that could be running on late. All right, running on late. Uh, that's the Coxfield, Coxfield, Cox Plate Field. Uh, that was 12 of the best. So maybe we can um, box up a couple of numbers. I will do mine. I'm going to box up. Let's box up four. I'm going to go Romantic Warrior just because I'm unsure. Like it could win and it could come eighth. I don't know, but I'm not going to leave it out. Uh, Romantic Warrior is going in there. It's not on top. Alligator Blood is going on top for me with Mr. Brightside and also Militarize. So what are the odds? 387, 550, 850. Not huge odds, but uh, Tommy, why don't you box up four? Yeah, mate. I, I like Militarize. Definitely have that in first. Um, put the favourite, Romantic Warrior. I think... Um, yeah, I think there's been a lot said, and I think he's going to run a massive race. Uh, Mr. Brightside, I think, looks really good as well, and probably Gold Trips, the other one. Alligator Blood as well, if you're feeling really lucky. Okay, Coey? I'm thinking... I'm leaning towards Mr. Brightside. Um, 3, 11, 1, and... Oh, who do I go for? <laughs> Uh, probably, I'm leaning towards Fangirl. I think she is probably worthy of. I could definitely flip Romantic Warrior, but I don't know. She, he could be just absolutely special on the day. So keeping him safe. But yeah, I think Mr. Brightside, Militarize, as everything we've said, Romantic Warrior, and Fangirl. Okay. Leaving out. <laughs> I get a blood. All right. Uh, that's Cox Plate. Let's touch on the Manicado. There's a few things that I just want to mention on this. It's a dollar forty-five Imperatrice. It is a pretty shit Manicado from compared to days gone by. Dollar uh, forty-five Imperatrice. Opie is riding. Uncommon James is there at sevens. We got I am me, J Mac, Buenos Noches, Jigsaw, the Inferno, and I am War. So we have uh, not many horses going around. Tommy, what do you make of this race? Has this just sort of been like falling by the wayside a little bit? Yeah, a bit disappointing for sure. We would like to send some um, Everest or even Sydney Stakes horses sort of back up down here. But I think they're all looking at Mooney Valley next week. So, I mean, sorry, Flemington next week. So it is a bit of a tough one. But in saying that, I look, I, I think there's a bit of value. I... I yeah, it's it's hard not to be impressed by um, Imperatrice after those two wins, especially at the Valley, like right in his wheelhouse. Huge chance. Don't get me wrong, but um, Iron Me was great. Um, in a big race, just the same speed, and Valley can maybe get away with that too. So, look, McDonald on, I think it's a big chance. And uh, I think Buenos Aires is over the odds too. I mean, that Everest field, it doesn't look great eighth in an Everest, but he wasn't that far off, and he copped a big, um, bump after a few um, horses got involved in uh, that Espiona run and really knocked him about and he was just getting going late again and I think if that race is run um, again and there's nothing wrong I think he finishes much closer so I, I give Buenos Noches a huge chance here um, to really take it to Imperatrice. Yeah, he was only three lengths behind, you're getting three bucks a place, understand it's seven horses but Coey what do you make of the race? I think the favourite just wins. I don't know. Like, it's – you could look at – I reckon the price is justified. He's won – you know, well, she's won two value lead-ups impressively in both both fashion. Um, I don't know who's going to fill the minders. It genuinely could be a question. I think there is a little bit of on-press, like uh, on-speed pressure here. So – I'm not even sure who's actually going to lead. I guess I Am War probably holds the fence, but the likes of I Am Me and Uncommon, uh, Uncommon James and Jigsaw, they're all go-forward types. So all Imperatures needs to do is find a backside. Probably, even if it was the three-wide line, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think it's just a class animal. So, oh, yeah, Imperatures to win, and then you could probably box up seven... <laughs> Uncommon James. You could probably try and get some value by trying to box a lot of them, but Inferno wasn't too bad at the Valley first. Uh, Buenos Notches obviously got the Everest form line. 
it's tough to find the minors here. But yeah, I think Imperatriz just goes, yep, yeah, uh, I win this. And then goes on to win the three group ones this prep, being the champion sprint to cap it all off if it goes there. Yeah, that'll be absolute cracker watch. Um, all right, let's let's leave uh, Mooney Valley for now. We can talk about it at the end if we need any other horses you want to spruik. But the other uh, big race in Sydney is the Spring Champion. This is just so I want to touch on this because we'll probably go into a bit more depth than the others. So uh, $2 million race uh, headlined by Tom Kitten. So Tom Kitten ran on – it was Everest Day, I believe – I was walking in at this right when it ran. Uh, had a shocker of a run and then flew home and just lost by about um, a quarter of a length, I think. And that was to Rafatak, who is actually second favourite at $6. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things on this as well. But Rafatak's drawn 11. Tom Kitten has drawn one. This time, Adam Hieronymus is riding. On the drift, though, two bucks out to 240. Tuata Levita is sixes to 750. Good money for Port Lockroy. Uh, that's that uh, Annabelle runner Ryan Maloney is riding. Uh, had a win. I was... Uh, I can't remember where it run. I can't remember. Where, I know it run recently, but it's 15s into 850. And then we got a bunch of others at pretty big odds. But Tommy, uh, start with you for Sydney. Port Lockroy, what's the go? Big go for it. Yeah, it was a great run in that... Um and that midweek um, race. Oh, was it the Kenzo, was it, or something? Yeah, it was It was fantastic. And people backing it um, straight away after that, they added it to the market. And I think it was 26 into 15s into 11s. Um, basically, within an hour of um, that run on the Kenzo, it was really impressive. And uh, rightly so, deserves his um, place here. I think he's a huge chance. I think Raff Attack's been great. And just um, that's the same speed, really. Um, got him home against Tom last start, but um, Tom found a bit of um, a bit of a bump at the top of the straight. A few things just when he didn't go his way, and he still rocketed home. So you got to think Tom's the right favourite, though. He's getting out. He got him to two dollars, and um, I think the market's sort of even itself out because I think it's quality field. Uh, you got to think a lot of these horses going to the Derby as well, and whether this is um, grand final for a few of them or just tick over run before the derby, it'd be really interesting. And two of those horses, I think, are Ravello and Glad, you think so. Real big chances here, but even bigger chances for the derby in uh, the coming weeks. So I reckon watch those two. Yeah, Port and Port Lockroy and Tom Kitten are the other two for me. Just, um, yeah, really... Really tough split. I probably have. I probably put Port Lockroy right on top, headed Tom Kitten and Raff attack. Um, if if um, Tom finds a bit of drama again, and yeah, I, I think it's a great addition. Really good, really good race. Well, Coe, what do you think? Raff attack was. Uh, it's obviously going to be like leading. Last start was eighteen hundred and just held on to Tom Kitten. This time, it, we're bumping up an extra two hundred meters. You giving Raff attack a hope? Definite chance. I reckon the top two in the market are bang on as I'd probably square a market up. I think despite drawing 11 for F attack, I think this race lacks tempo. I think it is slower than the gloaming and the dulcify altogether. So I, I genuinely think Raff attack could just spear across from 11 and just have an absolute picnic up front. He could just do exactly what he did in that gloaming and win again. I could definitely see it happening. Um, yes, 11's a little bit of a worry, but everything inside of it, like the only horse that could probably trouble him for the lead is Gumbare, which is number three. But outside of that, I'd say everyone will find their position and it's just got to come down to how positive Tom Kidden wants to be, I think. Um, if Tom Kidden can settle probably... Oh, even if it's a little bit worse than midfield, that that's probably a win, you know. Like it's it's not going to box seat. I don't think it'll go on speed. It's going to probably settle a little bit close from barrier one because you got to use these good barriers sooner or later. And you know, like it's been a horse that's in its last two starts. It's drawn four and three, and in that third place in the Dalsify where it got absolutely smashed up and it was a pinball match. I think it was unlucky to win. Last start, it was, it just decided to tail off and that didn't suit. So I'd say connections are looking to sell a little bit more forward 
And if that would be the case, he is the horse to beat. Rafa Tack, like I said, picnic up front. Uh, definitely can see him figure. 2,000 metres looks ideal. And Tommy's already touched on Ravello. Uh, Ravello, all reports from the camp, uh, John O'Shea camp, he is looking out for this 2,000 metres. If he can avoid traffic, he will probably settle worse at midfield, but he is one with Derby like prospects. So don't know if it's his grand final, but watch him watch him late. All right. Interesting. Going to be a good addition of the uh, the spring champion, I think. Uh, let's touch on the invitation. It's the following race, race number eight. It's worth two million bucks. Espiona is going around. If you know Espiona, just rounding the Everest. So that's heading the market with Karen aboard. It's three dollars forty. Pretty much what it opened. We got Magic Time come in four sixty into three seventy. Tyler gets the ride from Barrier Eleven. Parasol is there. Regan riding for Godolphin at seven fifty. Roots nine dollars. Opal Ridge. Uh, second in the Cozzy, uh, 9.50 this time with Dylan aboard, and then we're double figures for the rest of them. Not a heap has been backed. I guess at odds, Osbrid Flirt has had a couple of bucks for it, uh, but maybe Magic Time as well, Tommy. But what do you reckon? Dude, pretty tough one to pick. Yeah, a lot of different form lines sort of coming up here. So I think Magic Time was really good um, from the Sydney last start, and a couple of coming out of that race. Espiona was in Everest, and... Um, I think things have got to go to Sud uh, Espione. You get Karen on, who has won both editions of this race so far on the um, on Ice Bath, and uh, I can't remember who won it last year, but Karen was on. But the two I like are Opal Ridge. I thought um, sort of got going after or after the job was already done with um, Front Page and the Cozzy, but he was still rocketing home and a great second for Opal Ridge. So. A massive chance here, and the other one's Roots. Um, good, good return. Definitely be fitter from it. Tommy Berry on um, on a nice back market. You like to see it. So, I think the the two you just got to guarantee it on a bit of speed. And I think there's enough speed that it can be generated with your magic times and your alcohol free if it does go forward. And Osbred Flirt was a bit more handy as well. Um, last start, so yeah, setting up for those back markets to me on um, Aboriginal routes. Was it promise of success, Karen, last year? Maybe. Maybe. Um, sounds about right. Maybe I think it was. I mean, could be wrong. Could be put my foot in it. Um, Kelly, what do you reckon? Who wins? I'm in Parasol's camp at the moment. Oh, good odds. Um, uh, just think that barrier two, and I don't think it has to lead like. Tommy mentioned the speed of the race. I think alcohol-free will probably try and spear across. I think, well, I mean, ha- probably has no choice but to spear across and try and control and dictate a little bit. So thinking that, I think it's going to get some nice cover. And if that be the case, I think Parasol's just a better horse. Um, we haven't seen much of alcohol-free performing in Australia yet. So I know the campus suggested that the 1400 is less pressure and it would probably suit it better. But I just think that Parasol just gets the run of the race. And if that would be the case, uh, 7.50, I could definitely entertain. Um, I really like Magic Time coming into this, but Barry 11's just looking a little bit, yeah, I don't know where it settles. It's it's wide, it's stuck, uh, I just don't know. Um, and as for, who's the favourite again? Sorry, Espiona, much the same. Barry at 10, it's, it's going to be settling somewhere awkward. I know it's a... Absolutely talented uh, mare, but the barriers for a lot of these horses could get them absolutely unstuck and see them fall three wide or rearward of the field. And if they press forward, they might be just exerting too much. And I think Parasol just gets the run of the race. So I'm leading towards it and Opal Ridge, more or less the same. I think it gets a great run in transit as well from barrier three. It'll hop. It'll probably settle two pairs back with cover. And it's got a little bit of fitness now uh, second up as well. So I can see it performing well. I just think that uh, Parasol's the one. Yeah, tough one to pick. I was slipping between Espiona and Parasol. Um, all right. Uh, another race that we mentioned just before we hit record, Coe, you think um, Arctic Lama is probably a, a bit of a put-in-put-out in the calendar Presnell, which is race number nine. It's a million-dollar race. It is the mile, though. Uh, Karen aboard again. We're talking a lot about Karen. Uh, it's $2.20 in from 280 no deduction, so money's come for it. 
Namesake is 11s in 8.50. Snowman is $6. Jukasi is there. But uh, all the money is for Arctic Glamour. Obviously had a really cracking win at Randwick last start. Coey, why don't you take it away? Does this just win? I personally think so. Um, I just I think there were a little bit of question marks going into the Reginald Allen where a lot of those horses come out of. But saying that, I just think it's just seems like the class animal i don't know it's it's hard to say and give you an exact reason why his numbers on that day were really good uh if you were to do ratings and everything else 220 yeah you're probably thinking rock bottom odds but i think 220 you could just lock it up for every multi forget it the barrier is a little bit of a, uh, a query from one but i think it could hop probably uh, it's going to be midfield so it will need luck in run, but I think what we saw with his turn of foot in that uh, original Allen, it's good enough to win this. And the rest of the field, I think, they've got bigger bigger fish to fry in later in their prep, personally, for me. So as for a grand final, not necessarily a grand final, but a progressive horse in the, uh, is Ar- Arctic Glamour, definitely. Tommy, it wins. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of queries. I mean, he could get stuck in there, as Kelly mentioned. It could be a bit tricky. And I know Duff um, on reform line was saying if he, he things could get ugly if he's he's there waiting to try and find a spot, um, especially how they cross. I mean, I think Snowman's going to Melbourne, um, uh, and a, f- a few of them just inside as well sort of could engulf him and really um, make things tricky. Like, he's just a, such a – he is such a quick horse and we want him, want him to be get going pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just a, a bit of a tricky draw there. But you'd think if all things equal, he's he's got to be a huge chance. I mean, he, he's lapped him since he's been back and had the – had literally had the whole world on him last start that he came from on that world pool. So – yeah, you got to think he's the main one, but is he going to get that luck? Uh, there's, and there's some good horses here. I think Chrysler, we still haven't seen the best of, and I like Schiller aboard. He then um, was really just getting going late um, last night. I think we're about to see the best of him. And peer pressure as well. Uh, back to the winner's room last night. He, um, he'll improve from that run, starting to get um, back to the big grade where he belongs think he could be a bit of a knockout a big price as well but all things equal it's going to be hard to beat after glamour yeah it's going to be a bit tougher on the inside drawer i think all right we're coming up to a pretty much an hour coey is there any other sydney races you want to touch on or any horses i don't usually say this but i reckon one of my specials is in the first in chief conductor chief conductor right it's in a mid it's in a midway as well god (laughs) Jesus, claiming three. Claiming three. I think it just gets the right run, and I think it's just second up. It's going to be tip top. So, yeah, I think it's one of the, the better bets of the card. So, race yeah. number one, kick things off at what? 12.30. Beautiful. Any others at Sydney? Uh, not at Sydney. Yeah, I think it's already been back, so I wouldn't really touch on it. Uh, both, I would have happily boxed up Felix Majestic and Gringotts in the last, but. Okay. That's more of a Quinella, multiples, exotics, you know, that kind of play. So, not in Sydney, no. Tommy, any at Randwick? Yeah, mate, there's a few. I think Keenan early on's really good chance around that 550 price. Midweek stepping up, but uh, just got all those attributes. A really good um, horse. Sequestered's going to be tough as well. Kelly mentioned Gringotts. I think it it's going to be huge in the last. And New Marion in the Craven, I think, big chance. Yeah, so um, there's a few for you. Love Shark, whatever race it's in as well. I think it's a bit of each-way play. Yeah. Um, a couple in Mooney Valley, I think, which all last was very good and can probably go three in a row here. It's going to go Sandown, Caulfield, and this time Mooney Valley. I think that's a pretty good chance in the race number three. Inhibitions uh, is favourite in the Crockett. Look, that horse is actually a bit of a... It does your head in a bit. It runs well, but often doesn't win. Willow is there. Uh, Cigar Flick. When did Cigar Flick run last? Flemington. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's a toughie. Looking at else, the other one, Coe. Do you want to mention Antino? I know Antino's always been one of yours. That's running in the Crystal Mile this time, sixteen hundred meters. Blake Shin, two dollars eighty. Pretty much equal favourites with Tuvalu, and then Prowess is like a dollar more. I want to touch on Prowess to start with. I just think that over the mile, we'll see plenty of improvement here. But I was speaking to Tommy earlier as well about this this horse. I just think that. I'm I'm kind of surprised. I don't know what the reasoning behind the delayed preparation has been. Obviously, the connections have mapped out the plan for the horse, and I think it would have given a a decent shake up in the old Cox Plate if this girl was, you know, third up into it. But she's going second up into this, and over the mile, I think three eighty barrier one's a little bit of a query for me as well. I think it could. No, I'd, don't feel safe about it locked up on the fence. So I think Antino from four was a bet. Like um, it was an unlucky second last start, one the start before, and it was an absolute horror show the the one before that. So fourth up, over the mile, the valley is the query. Uh, a lot of horses don't like the valley, but it looks rock hard fit, ready to just be its grand final to win at 280. I think that's great value and I'd be putting it in multiples. What I think is actually going to be an interesting race is the very last at Mooney Valley and four big chances. Mahaba is there at 350. You've got Archo Nacho, which I think I backed last start and it bloody got held up big time. 420 in from fives. You've got Schwartz there. Bit of a random one, the John O'Shea runner. It's had one start at Gosford, nommed here, 440. And then you've got Barber as well. So Damien Lane riding, and that's 460. So 350, 420, 440, 460, all going into the last at Mooney Valley. That's going to be a bloody interesting one. It'd be really Interesting to see where the money goes late for that race. So, uh, pick tough one to pick. Tommy, anything Gilgandra, Orange, anything like that? Mate, I, I just agree with you with Archo. Nacho was one I was going to say. I think it's got a good chance. And, and Tino as well was another one. And there's just one um, in the Valley that's intriguing me is if you look at the two-year-old English banner, I know it's a big race and they're debuting, but for... Liam Birchley to bring one down with Blake Shinner bought at $14. Uh, haven't watched its trial, but I just find that really interesting and just takes me back to a few years ago. He had the horses like Liesl and there are a few others that he'd bring down to Melbourne and he, he'd just win at any old price, Liam Birchley. So it's been a while since I've seen him have a really good horse where he's targeting in Melbourne, but I just uh, there's just something odd that he's coming down from the Sunshine Coast with a two-year-old. So there might be something to that. Um, and one Mooney Valley Friday night as well. I don't mind it. It's it is short. It's about a dollar seventy, but that frills for Maddie Smith. Uh, really good horse, and just nine fifty five in the Valley Barrier One should be um should be too quick for him there. I really like that. And one other one. It's going tomorrow. I'm actually going to be heading up there. I've got one in called Hey Siri. Um, as we know, it won That's on so funny, as yeah. my iPad goes off because I've said... And the, the race caller's phone went off? Yeah, I think um, it's happened a couple of times, but um, uh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it won It won um, on debut in Scone, and yeah, I think I think he's a good chance. Uh, tomorrow, he's, I haven't backed him, but he's 460 into 320, so race three at Scone tomorrow. Hey, Siri, fingers crossed. All right, I probably should have touched on Mooney uh, Valley. <laughs> Just talk. I've, I've, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've still got two more at Valley as well. Yeah, go. Uh, JRA Cup tomorrow. Um, don't mind Forgot You. Um, it's going to bounce back off that Underwood, which Alligator Blood won. Yep. I think f- five bucks is a good price. I know the favourite's going to be tough, but it being around the Valley, it's a Valley specialist. I think it could bounce back. Five bucks, great price. And then in the Gold Cup, Athabaskan from the, from the O'Shea stable. Already a plenty of early money. I know it's been targeting going south, and I think it will get a better run this time around. That Bart Cummings, it was just too far back. But it was, I know the form reads, it came eighth, but it was only three lengths behind. It was just too far back from... Barry 11, all the above. Gets barrier one this time. Damien Lane uh, ticks a lot of boxes for me, and I reckon it could definitely be the apple uh, upset the apple cart. So 8.50 right now, back now. 
Okay, 850 for Baskin. Uh, I'll be having a couple of bucks on Vow and Declare. I know it's drawn 11, but hopefully Billy Egan can sort that out. And the Chautauqua Stakes, just maybe mention it, $1.80. She dances. Very short, Linda Meach, uh, 270 into a $1.80. Uh, that's all cash coming for that. So there's lots and lots going on in the next uh, couple of days. And then bright and early on, what is it, Sunday morning, the Rugby World Cup, actually back, back to South Africa at the beginning of the tournament, nine bucks. So that's a good sweat as well. Um, all right, boys, thank you for joining. Is anyone at the track this weekend? Tommy, you out there? Nah. Besides nah, just go tomorrow, yeah. Reach out if you're at Scone, eh? What race is Hey Siri in? Can you say Hey Siri again? Yeah, no, I'm not going to say it again. The, um, it's funny, I automatically reach on my phone every time I mention it now anyway. But um, uh, race three tomorrow, so yeah, um, that'd be great. Race three, yeah, and it's favourite as well. Drawn seven, $3.20 in from four sixty. Bring it home. 2.15 tomorrow. Thank you, boys. Thank you for joining me. Uh, all the best this weekend. We'll get some tips up on Facebook and um, hopefully get some winners. Cheers, boys.